0: This podcast of local Brattleboro history is brought to you by Brattleboro Savings and Loan, the bank of Brattleboro. Hey there, all you podcast cats and kittens. I immediately regret saying that. Um... Uh, well, let's uh, let's put that behind us and get right into another Brattleboro Historical Society podcast and another edition of this week in Brattleboro history. Uh, this week with a slightly altered lineup, our our intrepid band of young historians has in fact graduated from the eighth grade. Uh, next year they'll be moving on up to the big the big time the big the big school. But we'll do our best to muddle through uh, these summer months. Bring you little tidbits here and there of local history. Uh, This week, Joe Rivers has enlisted the help of daughter Kate Rivers for this latest edition of This Week in Brattleboro History, released onto the World Wide Web Friday, June twenty fourth, 2016.
1: This week in Brattleboro history, we'd like to remember Richard Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell was a gifted writer and had approximately 70 historical articles, pamphlets, and books printed during his lifetime. He was born in Brattleboro in 1917 and grew up on William Street. In 1990, he was interviewed as part of a project titled Growing Up in Brattleboro, what follows are memories of his early life during the 1920s here in town.
2: He was one of three boys. His dad worked at SD Oregon, and his mom took in sewing. Mitchell's family moved into a house on Williams Street in 1921. There was electricity and a telephone, but the outhouse was in the woodshed near the back of the property. The electric power was unreliable and often failed, which meant the family had to have kerosene lamps on hand to see in the evenings. One of Mitchell's earliest memories was walking up to the Centerville store with his dad and brothers on a cold winter night. A kerosene lamp lit the way. The Centerville store was located where the Vermont Country Deli is now.
1: The Mitchells house did not have a refrigerator. Instead, they had an ice box, and Crystal Springs Ice Company brought ice every other day. In order to indicate how much ice you wanted, a big yellow card was placed in the window to show the number of pounds of ice you wanted delivered. The delivery man would come into your house and put the ice in the box for you, so nobody locked their doors.
2: In the winter, the ice company also delivered wood for heating homes. In the 1920s, most people burned wood. The Mitchells usually burned wood in the fall and then coal when the weather got very severe. Crystal Springs cut their wood up on Ames Hill and delivered it on sleds pulled by two and three teams of horses. This meant the town tried to keep snow on the roads in the winter. At the bottom of William Street, the town kept a snow roller in a barn, and during the day the roller would be pulled around by four horses to pack down the snow. Mitchell remembered many winter nights after a thaw going out with his father and brothers to shovel snow into the road so the horses and Crystal Springs sled could make their wood deliveries on William Street. He vividly remembered the sparks flying when the horse's hooves and the sled runners would come in contact
1: with bare ground. Dick Mitchell's father was born in Ireland in 1875 and was 50 years old when the family purchased their first car in the 1920s a 1916 Overland Touring Car for $50. Having seen many changes during his life, Richard's father thought he was too old to learn how to drive a car, so Richard's mother did all of the driving during Dick's formative years. A big event in Dick Mitchell's early history was when Elmer Goodneau and John Martin built a steam sawmill across the street from his parents' house. Many businesses used steam at the time, and Dick would visit the mill often. His lifelong fascination with steam engines would cause him to write over sixty articles and books on the power of steam.
2: Dick also remembered the circuses of the 1920s. The circus train would arrive at Brattleboro station in the morning. They would unload, and the elephants would pull the circus wagons to Island Park, where the tents and equipment would be set up. At noon there would be a parade on Main Street. There would be an afternoon performance at two, and then an evening one at eight. And then, if you went to the circus grounds by seven the next morning, the circus circus would be completely gone. They'd put it all back on the train in the middle of the night and head to Keene or Greenfield to set it up and do it again. According to Dick, the big circuses like Barnum and Bailey stopped coming when the 1927 flood washed Island Park away.
1: During the 1920s, finances were looking up and the Mitchells installed a bathroom in the house pantry. However, In 1929, the Depression hit Brattleboro, and the SD Organ Company put its employees on a three-day work week. At that point, there just wasn't enough money to go around.
2: At the age of 12, Dick Mitchell began delivering papers for the reformer and purchased his own clothes from then on. Any spending money he may have had came from the paper route, and he looked back on those depression years as a good practical introduction to the working world. The 1920s were a formative time in Richard Mitchell's life, and we appreciate having his memories recorded here at the Brattleboro Historical Society.
0: Thank you for listening to the Brattleboro Historical Society podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the program.